This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by a brilliant leader at the Advocate Health System. We're joined by the Chief Medical Officer, Justin Macariola Code. And Justin's going to tell us, I should say, Dr. Macariola Code is going to tell us about his practice, what he does as Chief Medical Officer. Uh, I, I, I Love the background, aside from being a, a Notre Dame fan, and we'll talk to him about Lou Holtz for a second and, and the status of the Notre Dame football and basketball programs. But also, he's a, he's a University of Illinois person, which is near and dear to my heart, uh, and thrilled to get a chance to talk to Dr. Macariola Code today. Justin, I'm going to call you Justin a little bit, just so I don't struggle with the name. Talk to us a little bit about yourself, Advocate Health, and your career. Yes, Scott, thanks a lot. Appreciate the opportunity to speak uh, with you and to the audience. Uh, you know, my background, uh, I was, uh, I'm actually a Northern California guy, came out to the Midwest um, uh, to do my undergraduate work at the University of Notre Dame, as you mentioned. Uh, went on after Notre Dame, was a volunteer teacher for the Alliance for Catholic Education for a year, and then decided to go back to school and pursue um, uh, my aspirations of becoming a physician. I went to the University of Illinois, Chicago for a couple of years, got my master's degree, and then got into the medical school there at UIC, uh, completed my medical school education, matched at Advocate Christ Medical Center. My background's in emergency medicine. So I'm an ER doctor by training. Uh, I practiced since uh, graduating uh, in 2004 from Advocate Christ Medical Center, uh, which was at the time the only level one trauma center south of Cook County Hospital. So it was a great place to train made uh, some wonderful friendships and relationships there, and really was my foundation within Advocate Health. Uh, after I left Advocate Health uh, um, as a graduating resident, I went on to work briefly for Resurrection Healthcare, and then uh, made a switch after about eight months. I went and worked for a small uh, single contract ER group out of Elmhurst Memorial Hospital, where I practiced for about 11 plus years. Uh, then felt the calling to do some leadership, and um, while Elmhurst was a wonderful place to practice and, and my partners were phenomenal, uh, leadership was great. Uh, I felt my opportunities were elsewhere and I joined a group called Vituity, which was staffing the emergency department uh, at Advocate Sherman Hospital in Elgin, where I'm currently practicing. Um, was a assistant medical director there uh, for about, uh, about a year and then became a medical director in the emergency department in about 2016. Uh, then went on and uh, practiced, uh, did that for quite a while, uh, and was asked to fill in as the chief medical officer during the pandemic. Our chief medical officer stepped away from, from his job uh, due to some health reasons, and I was asked to fill in a, on an interim basis. It was clear that after about six months, uh, the former chief medical officer, uh, he made the decision to retire, and I was asked to stay on uh, as a full-time chief medical officer. Um, and I stepped into this role permanently, in December of, um, I believe of 2020, again, still in the middle of the pandemic and have continued that role. I had to give up my medical directorship in the ED uh, as a result of the fact that I was gonna become a full-time CMO. I still practice medicine a couple a couple shifts a month uh, just to kind of keep my skills and kind of keep me rooted in patient care and continue to, to do that uh, to this very day. So very excited to join you and thanks for, for the invitation. No, a total pleasure. And talk about as chief medical officer. What are you most excited about and focused on this year? Where is the focus? What What are you most excited about? 
Yeah, I mean, we always look at safety and quality so to provide high quality care for our patients, as well as making sure that what we provide is safe care. So that those are always our top priorities, uh, you know, sort of in any healthcare uh, provider uh, system or institution that they should, we should be concerned about that. Uh, I'm looking forward to the fact that Advocate is, is making a um, uh, part, participating this year in LeapFrog. Advocate Health had not participated in LeapFrog prior uh, to this year. It's going to take us about 12 to 18 months to generate the data to support our LeapFrog grade. So I'm very excited about that. Very excited about development and growth in the Elgin area as we continue to see a high demand for patient services and a high demand for unique care. And then really sort of synergizing with our system to make sure that we enhance all the uh, all the capabilities, all the horsepower, if you will, of Advocate Health to really promote and take care of our patients. So really exciting time for us. And what are you most proud of from the last couple of years? And then take a moment on Chief Medical Officer, an organization that's grown at the pace that Advocate has. What does that sort of look like and how does that feel you know, to have come from an organization that was one size, then merged with Aurora, now is a $30 billion plus organization. How does that change the perspective or does it change the perspective? You know, I still feel that we're, we're you know, we're a close group. Um, you know, I have the advantage of having some phenomenal leaders within Advocate Health. You know, my hospital president, Sherry DeShazo, has been a phenomenal mentor and a great leader at our hospital. And um, our new president of Illinois, Dia Nichols, uh, has taken the helm and really helped to, um, you know, uh, push us beyond where we where we were. I think the future is very, very bright. I think that, you know, the current landscape of healthcare in 2024, you better have some scale because um, leveraging scale allows advantages that weren't available. Look, I, I came from a, a, an independent hospital in 2004. Uh, I worked at Elmhurst Memorial Hospital. We were a single uh, self-sustaining hospital. And I just don't know how you're able to achieve the things you need to do, given the economics of healthcare today, without scale and being able to leverage important conversations with payers, important conversations with you know pharmaceutical companies, suppliers, all those sort of things. You know, if you don't have the horsepower or the or the ability to negotiate for millions of lives that you serve, it's very hard to balance the checkbook, so to speak. It, it is a it is an ongoing challenge, but. One that we're willing to navigate, we have to navigate in order to serve our communities. Uh, it's, it's, it's an important mission, uh, and we have to continue to strive to make sure that we can achieve those things. Also preserving our safe uh, and high-quality care. Fantastic. And you've had this great career from undergraduate to, to working to going back to med school. Now going back to do your MBA at the Geese College of Business. Talk about that quest for constant learning and getting better and self-improvement. Talk about how important that is to, not just a career, but to feeling satisfied and fulfilled. Can you take a moment on that? Yeah, yeah, I don't think that I'm unique in healthcare or in medicine. I think that physicians are lifelong learners. That doesn't stop. It's a lesson that we learned early on in medical school and even prior to medical school that you know, uh, medicine changes all the time. The pace at which it changes is amazing. And I've always been the type of person that has sought out challenges. Uh, I don't like the easy road. I like, like for whatever reason, whatever my, my DNA is, how it's constructed, uh, I like to do hard things. And, uh, and, and so when I saw the opportunity to 
pursue an MBA, I felt that that would enhance my ability to lead and enhance my my ability to, to digest information that I did not receive education on in medical school or in my undergraduate training. So I just felt, you know, it was important for me to be effective. I have to continue to grow. And much like if you kind of look, connect the dots with everything that I've done from a career path, I've looked to push myself and look to grow. And I think healthcare needs leaders that are willing to look at things differently, are willing to learn and maintain sort of intellectual curiosity about the environment around them. Uh, and I'm no different than, than most people that I work with. I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I'm surrounded uh, with some great people, leadership and, and peers alike. Have there been mentors to you at the advocate system or throughout your career that either you'd like to give a shout out to, but you don't have to, if, if it's uncomfortable and putting you on the spot, but, but any advice you should give to others for mentoring other people that you, that you would encourage? Now, Scott, that is, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, I will tell you that I'm the beneficiary of some great mentorship. Um, it started uh, way back when I was a graduate student at University of Illinois Chicago. Dr. Mina Rao uh, is, a, uh, is a phenomenal mentor. I think about her often, and um, she was phenomenal and brought me to where I needed to be uh, from an intellectual curiosity standpoint. I did basic bench lab research for her. I was a horrible lab technician. I will tell you that I was probably the worst person in her lab, but she taught me a tremendous amount of high expectations and, and expecting a lot from yourself. Um, and then throughout, um, you know, residency training, Bob Harwood, Dan Gerzadis, Elise Lovell, these are all people that still practice or, or have recently retired. Uh, Bob, Bob Harwood retired a couple of years ago. Great mentors at, uh, at Advocate Christ Medical Center along with Shintan Mystery, who happens to be the CMO at Christ right now. Uh, and then names you may be familiar with, Gary Scuff was one of my intendings. He was a family practice doctor at Christ, who is CMO um, of all of Advocate Health now, uh, was a great mentor when I took on this role, as well as Tim Lineberry, uh, who's our CMO of the Midwest within Advocate Health. Um, and I have to say my hospital president has been phenomenal as well. And even people within Vituity, yeah, have been great. I mean, you talk about, I'll just, I'll stop for a second there. Tim Lineberry, Despite despite being a Wisconsinite, <laughs> is one of the brightest, best people you'll ever get a chance to visit with. I mean, is that a fair statement? Hundred percent. He's got a great sense of humor. Uh, he's, he's got great style, uh, and I think he's just a wonderful person to be around. And there's just so much you can absorb by um, listening to him speak and understanding how he approaches problems. You know, with an open mind. It, it, it's been a it's been a huge benefit. I think for all of us in the organization to have Tim lead us, uh, it, it, yeah, he's a wonderful mentor. It, it, truly as good as they come. You mentioned Vituity, which will bring me to Dr. Tomlinson, also yeah. one of the most wonderful people in healthcare. Can you take a moment on Moo Tomlinson? Yeah, I mean, Moo is a, you know, Moo is a visionary. Uh, he's brought Vituity forward, um, I think, from uh, a great place uh, where when he took over the helm of Vituity. Um, I think that there's been a tremendous amount of growth and change. But the, I think what's, what's so admirable about what Moo has been able to do is to maintain the core principles of Vituity within the partnership. I mean, that is a physician-owned organization. Uh, there's no investor money. There's no private equity money. It is actually phenomenal uh, what Moo's been able to do with his team. I mean, um, Tao Curry is phenomenal. Uh, David Birdsall is phenomenal. 
you know, business developments led by Matt Stilson. So it's been it's been great um, seeing what Vitui's done over the last you know five to seven years. But Moo is a a guy that you can't help but want to want to be around. Uh, extremely uh, gregarious, well spoken, intelligent, highly intelligent, uh, and really an inspirational leader. Now he's uh, I I won't ask you to take shots at Canadians or Wisconsinites, <laughs> but, but I, I will note that Moo's a Canadian yes. and, uh, and, 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 and Tim is a Wisconsinite and both two of the best people that are ever out there. So I won't, I won't even make a joke about Canadians and Wisconsinites <laughs> because both are just magnificent people. Anything else you'd like to share on the podcast today about what you're seeing, about what you're excited about, or just anything with the listeners? Yeah, no, I just want to encourage everybody to understand that this, this, is a, this is an interesting time for healthcare. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for us to grow. I mean, there, there is some exciting stuff that I think is just down the pipeline. If not, maybe some of it has already arrived, but we're really excited to see what happens in the next two to four years. I mean, there have been a lot of demands on healthcare, but I still think that we have the opportunity to provide excellent, excellent healthcare in this country. And we have phenomenal minds that are, that are fueling that to allow us to do what we need to do. And, and we're going to execute. I'm, I'm very excited, very optimistic about what's ahead of us. And, and let me just talk to you about that for one second. It seems like just in the last month or two, the temperature of people has seemed to have switched from daunting pessimism to guarded to unguarded optimism about where we can go. Did you sense that and feel that? Yeah, you know, Scott, I think the pandemic kind of, uh, you know, wore us down quite a bit. I think that coming out of that, I think people in healthcare are generally optimistic, right? I mean, we are hopeful people that want to do the best thing for our patients and the people in our community. You know, so I, I think that we are um, by nature optimists. And I think that the pandemic was something we had never seen, obviously, before uh, in our lifetime. And it really exposed a lot of the things that we need to work on. But where there's crisis, there's opportunity. And I think that we, a lot of us see this as an opportunity to be better and to bring American healthcare forward to a place where we, where we should be, you know, to meet our expectations, meet the expectations of the, of the communities uh, and, and, really, um, and really enhance the delivery of care. I, I'm very, very excited about what's in front of us. I really, really am. Just an absolute pleasure talking to you, uh, Dr. Macariola. Code, thank you so much for joining us. You could do me the favor of making sure I pronounce that correctly and fix my pronunciation. But what a great pleasure visiting with you today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for the time. Uh, again, wonderful opportunity to speak with you in the audience. And, um, you know, I wish you all the best. Thank you. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.